Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we just watched the, uh, the middle the, of the night trailer. Yeah, the teaser 30 second trailer for season three of uh, Riverdale. And oh boy, does it hit you with a lot of images. Do you think there were other trailers? Because this one is called Middle of the Night. I don't know. Do you think there were like high noon trailers and sunrise trailers and sunset trailers? No, probably not because I think they're just going for a thing. Anyway, this was a thing. Archie goes to jail. Yeah, the, we, we see a scene. We, we see a shot. Like this entire thing is just shots. It's it's. It's music. It's music playing. Um, Veronica says something that doesn't quite make any sense. Veronica says, "Don't worry, we'll get through this because we're endgame." But she's saying it to her dad. Yes, she's like very shouting clearly. at him, like, "You can't beat us. We are endgame." I want him to reply by being like, "Sorry, what? You're teenagers. What did you think you just said? Okay, never mind." Uh, but sort of th- things we see, uh, we definitely see a pr- we see Archie on the prison bus. We also see like a prison guard in like riot gear swinging a baton at someone. So. And we see Luke Perry Andrews running down a hallway and Archie holding him back, or maybe vice versa. Who knows? I don't know. It happens very, very quickly. We did not slow anything down. Archie throws a bottle at, a, like, prison bars. Archie has a serpent tattoo. Alice has a serpent tattoo. Yep. Uh, Everyone has a serpent tattoo. <laughs> and then meanwhile, in what I have to imagine is a different show. The cult! <laughs> There's, like... There's, like, like old, like, like, style, like, scare... Not scarecrows, but, like, it's... It's like an, an, an effigy. An effigy of a person who is also an animal. It's kind of like crow-like. It's very true detective. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's very, like, Lovecraft cult. Like, when we say cult, we, we mean... mean cult. Yeah. We mean this would not be out of place in that Sabrina one we watched last week. Yeah. Like, these are some, like, ethereal horrors. And clearly we got Jughead back in there who's going to be doing more investigating, I guess. And doing some voiceover because he did say something. Yeah. So I guess we're going to get... This, I mean, this is clearly the cult that... Has um, been built up to for an entire season. Yeah, clearly this is the cult that uh, Polly Polly is a part of. Oh, yeah. So, man, it's going to be fun when we see this and we're going to be like, hey, that clearly, this clearly should have been dealt with earlier. Kevin? Because it looks aggressive. I know Riverdale's not a good show, but I'm very excited for this season. Yeah. It's not great. And all of those things we saw yeah. will probably happen in the first two episodes. <laughs> Probably. And they'll be like, oh, Kevin Keller kissed a boy. I assume it's Moose. I assume it's Moose as well, We yeah. couldn't really tell. If that looks like that is something you'll see at the beginning. Like, they're going to come back from commercial, and it's going to be Moose's locker. The locker's going to close, and Kevin Keller's going to kiss him on the mouth, and it's going to be like, oh, that's our showing that they're together now or something. They're a couple. Yeah. Yay. Guys, I know it won't be as good as I hope, but it looks real good. Yeah. Well, it looks real something. It but, looks real something. But hey, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the OC. Which is also a show with... Man, this episode made me feel <laughs> many negative things. This might be like... Did you like anyone? Um, Ryan? No, here's, oh, here's the thing. The adults were fine. The adults were... I actually am... Like, the adults are doing what I yeah. think they should do. Even Julie Cooper, pretty good. <laughs> um, Depending on who she's in a scene with. Julie Cooper, pretty good for Julie Cooper. There you go. Uh, but no, this this hate this episode hates children. Ryan, okay for Ryan. 
Uh, pretty no, good for Ryan. Uh, no, he's Ryan's pretty bad for Ryan. Like he's good at the beginning, but he like he just like descends out of goes a go. He goes gets along. dumb. He gets dumb. Yeah. So I mean, we might as well get into it because we're going to be talking about this for a while. I feel like a lot. A lot. A lot. So in that case, this is the OC season two, episode sixteen, "The Blaze of Glory." The Blaze of Glory. Kevin, so much time has passed on this TV show, The O.C. Yeah. Suddenly, it's spring. They they do... They, I feel like a lot of episodes of this season, you could just put six months later at the beginning of it, and I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I think in this episode, I genuinely think this has been like at least three weeks. No, no, this has been weeks. They actually say later... Weeks. They actually say later um, that Carter has been working for weeks. Weeks. Yeah, so weeks have passed. Weeks have passed. Which is fine. With the way the last episode ended, yeah, weeks have passed. Yeah, nothing could happen. Though one storyline in particular, we will, which we'll deal with, I feel like has been going on for yeah, too long. That maybe should have progressed at some point. <laughs> it did not. It's fine. Anyway, spring is here, and Seth is reminiscing, I guess. He's like, uh, last year... Last year was so good. Remember last year? I mean, it's been a year. We've tried some things, and that was fun, but it was bad. And now, I date Summer. You're alone. You want to punch people, but maybe you also want to date Marissa? And this begins this episode's thing of where Seth almost learns a lesson. The, I, it's not a spoiler. Seth will almost learn a lesson in this episode. Seth almost learns a lesson every episode. But he never does. He never, he never does. does. <sighs> anyway, Seth really, really thinks that Ron should get with Marissa, despite the fact that Marissa is currently in a relationship. Oh, but Seth doesn't care about that. Kevin, it's not a real relationship because it's with Alex. Yeah. And I don't think it's because it's a girl. I think it's because it's Alex. I, well, I think it's because it's not someone that he's like... He's, he, at this point, he's like, but she's not a main character. She's not in the main credits, exactly. Ryan. She's not Zach. Zach was in the main credits. She's not Luke. <laughs> no, Zach was on the main credits. Zach was always a special guest star. Yeah, that's true. But Zach was always a special guest star. Right. Luke Luke was in the main credits. Sometimes Olivia Wilde is not a special guest star. Yeah, Olivia Wilde's just someone who's here. Ryan. Ryan. Ryan she's not a main character. So how long will it's, this last? Yeah. Ryan. Yeah, and, who, and Olivia Wilde, what's she ever going to do? Oh, she's not an actor. <laughs> It, she just she's just on the show. It's fine. She'll she'll be off the show. We'll never hear from her again. What will she ever be in again, Ryan? <laughs> what will Olivia Wilde ever do? But Misha Barton, cool hitch our star to her. Yeah, <laughs> Misha Barton. She'll keep she'll keep moving. Oh, that was mean. Sorry, Misha. Sorry, Misha Barton. You I were guess. really good on All Star Sports event. Okay, so we also learn in the scene that Marissa is still the events chair. Despite the fact that she never goes to school until this episode. Well, I mean, that's weird. That's a, that's a thing that we sort of hear about, but... We never see. Yeah. Anyway, so Marissa's still apparently the events chair, which we have not seen her do anything about that since, I think, last season. And she's chairing the pep rally, which is a bonfire. 
<laughs> which because me and Kevin are Canadian, we do not fully understand the importance of. No, I'm also confused. He's like, like, oh man, no, I'm really worried about this bonfire. So I'm gonna have to make the bonfire. And I'm like, what do you mean make the bonfire? It's put, a bunch of sticks. Yeah, put the sticks on the beach and set them on fire. Now, Marissa, I'm not surprised you don't know how fire works. Because I'm sure you've always had someone light fires for you. But Kevin, it becomes a thing. It becomes a thing. It becomes a thing. I guess. Yeah. The best thing about this entire thing that Seth's doing is that Summer is so aware of the of like what he, every he cannot hide anything from her. And she's like, "This is a bad plan." And you he's need like, to stop. You need like, to stop. I don't have a plan. And she's like, "Yeah." You do. Like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Besides, it's just just Alex. I'm just having a flashback. I just love the way we were. I'm like, Seth, don't... Remember when you had very feelings for Alex? Remember when you loved her? Uh, Too bad she doesn't have... She's not in the main credits. Oof. Because then those main credits happen, and Alex, or Olivia Wilde, is not not a part of them. No, unfortunately, she's not. So then, we have a short scene where Sandy is golfing with Kirsten, and Kirsten hates it. I'm actually not very clear. No, I actually like this scene a lot for some reason, because I'm, I'm not very clear if Kirsten hates golf or hates that she's bad at it. Because the, way, could be the way that they've set up Kirsten makes me feel that she does, she is the kind of person who's just like, no, I hate it. I don't, because I'm not good at it. I also don't really know why they're golfing, but I don't care. They had to do a scene somewhere, I guess. And it makes sense. Now she's the CFO of a company. She has to go golfing with all their clients. I I, I almost bet that in a later episode, there's going to be a scene at a golf course. Mm, mm-hmm. And they doubled up. And they're just like, don't worry, we'll set this no, up. No, I'm not going to say that it's exactly what's going to happen. No, no, I mean, like, they double up oh, the shooting. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cause, cause that's fair. One of the things that's very expensive when you're making film is locations. And this is definitely a driving range. Yeah, well, no, it's a that's a full golf course. Yeah, it's for real. Yeah, so if they rented out a golf course, like, to do this one scene that could have taken place in their house would be a lot of money. <laughs> So maybe later. Maybe. So just put, put a tab on this. I might be wrong. I might be right. But maybe golf later. Maybe the golf scene later. Anyway, we find out the first episode of the magazine is coming out soon. And even though Julie first. Cooper Nichols is going to be on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. K- Carter is now into it. According yeah. to Kirsten. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently Carter is going to. Uh, he's going to add in like culture and arts. And life, the things that we kind of thought maybe the magazine should be about all along. Yeah, so it sounds like Kirsten's idea is that they're going to let Julie be on the cover, and then they're going to make a good magazine on the inside. Mm. Well, it's going to be sort of that thing like when all when there was that time where all those teen magazines got super woke for yes. like a while. And they're like, let's talk about cultural issues that 20-year-old women care about. Yeah. Also, we're 17, or what is it, Teen Vogue. That's Teen what Vogue. it was. Teen, Teen Vogue. Vogue was like nailing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teen Vogue was like the height of the woke movement yeah. for women my age. And what we, the big thing we get in this scene, or at least one of the big things we get in this scene, is that Carter published a magazine called Revolution, or self-published a magazine called Revolution. That Sandy effing loves. Yeah, he, it's actually really weird. He downplays it a lot in this scene, but you, but you almost get like, there's this moment when the scene ends where you get just some time with him. 
and it, and you sort of get this idea that like man revolution was not just a magazine that he was like oh yeah it was a cool magazine that defined him and he, all he wants is to meet carter yeah he's like oh well uh, i guess i guess i should meet this guy it's just i thought i just think uh, i should he seems pretty cool i don't know seems like a pretty cool dude just saying and kirsten's like I guess. I could come with you right now. I mean, are you going to a meeting for the I'm, magazine? I'm not doing anything. I'm effectively I, I, unemployed. I don't have a job. I'll come with you. <laughs> don't you have lawyer stuff to do? No. Oh, dang it. You're right. I have to go do lawyer stuff. His only client is Caleb. Yeah, but he has to do other lawyer stuff, as we're going to see. It's true. Anyway, moving sideways, Seth. Yeah. Seth. Seth. Cannot resist meddling. Yeah, he sees Marissa, and I wrote down verbatim, Seth, leave Marissa alone. She's sad enough as is. Marissa's sad, and Seth's like, oh, hey, Marissa, you seem pretty sad. This is where we learn she's having a strange amount of trouble getting a bonfire, which maybe is where we live. Maybe it's because we don't have beaches. (laughs) Maybe. When I think of bonfire, I think of you put a bunch of sticks down. It's a bonfire. You put on a lot of sticks. A lot of sticks. And you light it on fire. But Kevin... I graduated high school in Vancouver. If anywhere in Canada has bonfires, it's Vancouver. It's Vancouver on all those on all the waterways they have. And yet, anyway, so that's like, oh, the bonfire is hard to build. Um, well, Ryan knows how to build things. I know someone who wants to be an architect. <laughs> bonfires, buildings, working construction for Actually, a summer. He never mentions architecture. He only mentions <laughs> construction. That Ryan used to work construction, which makes me think that Seth is not paying attention to what Ryan's doing. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be great if at one point Marissa was like, oh, right, and he does want to be an architect. And Seth was like, he wants to be a what now? What has he been doing He's... every evening in my home? Sorry, wait, what? No, no, he was a construction worker, and now he wants to be a punch man. He punches hard. He punches him. He's a punch man. Sometimes he punches wood, and it makes a different wood. This Construction. Episode, this episode makes Seth, like, very... I mean, Seth's going to grow up to be just the worst conservative. Oh, and how? Like, he does not want to look forward at all. He has no future foresight. Can, can you not see Seth at, like, 40 or 50 just being like, I mean, back in the 50s, just like... Everybody listen to what I had to say. I mean, my friend Ryan, he was a construction worker, and now he's the president. <laughs> There's clearly no sort of uh, uh, things against anyone. You can do whatever you want. Look, I, look I, I grew up in a hard life. I pulled myself up by my, bro- my bootstraps and the money I was given by my mother. It was very challenging to be a Jewish man in Newport. Yeah, he's he's very much like... He is, he's Caleb's grandson. And how? Especially in this episode. So, Marissa's like, I mean, I guess people who did construction can build bonfires. I guess I'll talk to Ryan. But then her phone rings and it's Julie Cooper Nichols. <laughs> and really, this is just a way to change scenes. Yeah, it's just for them to be like, also, Julie's in this episode. Hey, Marissa, you going to come home? No, click. And Julie's like, oh, dang. Oh, now I have to deal with, I wrote down, Vince, no, but I mean Lance. No, Lance. And Lance appears in the doorway to remind... So this has been going on for weeks. And Julie has just been like, oh no, I'm busy. A magazine. I can't do blackmail. I'm busy. A magazine. How many times... Like Clearly the reason he's appearing at her place is because he's called her threateningly from his car so many times. He's like, I gotta just show up. 
she's not taking my threats. Because he gives no new information. He's just oh, like, no. hey, just remember, reminding you to, to give me my money. He does establish that the porn is from the 80s. Which, Which, as you can imagine, Kevin, sent me on a real spiral. Born at Indy was a release in 1980. Yes. But Julie's yep. 34. Which means this porn came out in, like, 1989 when she was 19. Does she that make w- she sense? She was a legal consenting adult. That's what Sandy says. I can't math this. I don't, I don't know how old any of these ad- adults are. <laughs> they are timeless. They are timeless. They live forever, and also, they live never. Yeah. But Lance Francis is threatening, and then he goes out, passing by Kirsten in the hallway. Kirsten not wondering why this strange, angry man's leaving Julie's office. Oh, she's used to it. She's like, oh, Julie's a bad CEO. Oh, another strange, angry man leaving Julie's office. All these laborers, they just walk in here. (laughs) We do eventually see Lance with, like, wearing just a tank top and jeans. And, he, and I don't know why. And when you, they do this shot of him. It's like a big wide shot. And I guess it was making him look threatening. But he's standing in the way that people who are like, I can't touch my belly button stand. <laughs> so, and, and he doesn't move his lower body. He is so motionless. I also don't understand why I can't remember his name. Because his name is Lance. Yeah. Which is the best porn name. It's pretty the good only porn, porn name. name. It's a pretty good porn name. Uh, uh, but... Kirsten comes in, uh, getting ready for the meeting uh, between, I guess, another meeting between her, Carter, and uh, Julie. But it turns out Carter called at 3 a.m. and he's not coming to the meeting because he is El Drunko. Well, he just says, I'm not coming to the meeting. But then this, like, waspy, this waspy young lady is like, but Kirsten, I think... He was slurring. I couldn't understand all of his words. I'm an intern. Like, it's, it's, she's, she's speaking very much like, I don't want to say, like, you know, it's, it's the, I don't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers, but I heard him, uh, he might have imbibed some of that devil water. And like, duh, if he's calling at 3 a.m., clearly he's drunk. And I, go, and I don't know. I wanted Kirsten to just respond with, oh, so he was drunk. You can't say that. He was slurring. And she's like, yeah, I'm the CFO. I can say what I want. Look, I've been wide drunk before at 3.30 in the morning. It's It's fine. Newport. And so Kirsten's like, ah, I'll have a meeting with just Julie. But then Julie swans by on her terror yeah. of blackmail. And is like, no meeting. Terror. Julie. Terror. Yeah, Julie has terror. some porn fear. And then it's all then I didn't fully understand what what was happening here. But after Julie leaves, the the intern I don't think she's intern, I think she's just their secretary. Yeah, I'm sure. Um who did not stop Lance, by the way. Oh, at all. Very bad. Uh but she she's like, Do you want me to call Carter again? And then Kirsten says, No, I'll deal with it. Which I'm like, I guess she's going to go see Carter. I mean, if there's one thing Kirsten knows, it's how to deal with drunks. <laughs> yeah. Her dad, her son that one time. I don't know if her dad was ever drunk. Her husband that... She has dealt with a lot of drunk people one time. <laughs> and then they never drank again. So she's going to go deal with him one time. <laughs> she's like, I'll just go deal with him and then he'll never drink again. That's how this works. Happened with my dad. Happened with Seth. Happened with Sandy. Jimmy had three one times, but they were over decades, so it's okay. Yeah, Jimmy's had some... Well, he's not in the series anymore. He's not in the main credits anymore, so we so don't we talk don't about him. we don't have to think about him. 
we we are going to move on to a next scene. And it's lunch. But I had to take a moment here at the beginning of the scene because Aaron. Yeah. Why is there a grill? Because there's a bonfire coming. <laughs> mm, okay, so they're in the cafeteria area, the outside cafeteria area. Yeah. And there is just some some student, I guess, because this is not a industrial grill. This no. is not a grill for everyone. Some student has brought in some, like, charcoal grill. They are a wealthy school. <laughs> Perhaps this is outdoor grilling class. <laughs> Which is a prereq for bonfire class, which will then help you be urban dad. All right. That's yeah. the career path. I mean, the main problem is that he, his shirt's still on. Well, he's not there yet. Yeah, so once he gets to urban dad, he can take off his shirt and start grilling. He's in his junior level. I, I like to say he tried to take his shirt off, but the teacher's like, no, no, you're, you're nowhere near there yet. You're not there yet. <laughs> you're going too fast, man. You got to slow down. You got to you got to get to a gra- gas grill. That's you're, when you took your take your shirt off. You're still a child. Be a child for a while. Keep that shirt on. Don't um, don't be Ryan. Don't be Ryan Atwood. <laughs> no, he Ryan. was a dad before his time. <laughs> He's a cautionary tale. And then look at him grilling there. No shirt on. Not a care in the world except for all the children he has. He's so sad. Do you want to be so sad? <laughs> don't be Ryan Atwood grilling shirtless. <laughs> anyway, that that bugged me for a while that there's just a student grilling there because I guess the the makers of this show were just like, and it's spring, so a grill. If there's one thing you should have learned about the show, they don't know what teenagers do. <laughs> All right. Anyway, at lunchtime, Summer gets very suspicious about Seth's involvement in all of this. Well, strangely enough, because Seth, Seth told Marissa, don't tell Summer. And Marissa's not telling Summer. But Summer still knows. Oh, yeah, clearly. Summer is the smartest human ever. Summer has read the script. <laughs> she knows what scenes are coming up. She knows what's happening. But Marissa asks Ryan, hey, well, just I think we could work together to build that bonfire. So I think maybe you should come over to my house. You mean you're in Alex's house? <laughs> I guess so. Well, I guess Alex lives there, too. Oh, you mean that other woman? Yeah, no, I guess she does live there. Oh, my girlfriend. You mean not Julie? Yeah, no, I yeah, got that. Ju- not Julie's there. Yeah. <laughs> but Julie's never home, so not Julie will not be home. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty much that scene, honestly. <laughs> then we have another scene where at first it seems like it's a scene where Sandy can't set up his own computer. <laughs> I mean, that's what I meant by like, Julie had, uh, not Julie, uh, Sandy had lawyer stuff to do. He's still setting up his law, his law office. All he has to do is set up Outlook, but he can't do Outlook. Nope. Sorry, I said law office. His law house. His legal house, if you will. Mm-hmm. The house where he does legal things. But then, while well, he tries to set up, I guess, Outlook. Something. Julie swans on in. And Swanny. she would like to hire him. And he's like, um... If you want to divorce Caleb, he somehow has me on a retainer, so <laughs> I can't? Well, Caleb doesn't understand what friendship is, so he just gives me money a bunch. Which, because I'm a lawyer, I am legally connected to him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's true. Like, it if, is if, true. If you're on retainer for the husband, you cannot... Also, he's not a divorce lawyer. People keep on trying to just make him do law things. And he's like, law is a specific industry. Like, I'm, I don't I do not do just law in general. To be fair, he started this out doing, like, 
criminal law for the criminals. Yeah. And then he was like, and now I do corporate law. Yeah. And then he, so, then also and then, he might have been doing real estate law for a little bit. He also did environmental for a while. All right. So <laughs> <He does. laughs> the show doesn't know what lawyers are, I he guess. Does, he does a lot of law. Yeah. Anyway, Julie specifically needs him to do porn law, I for guess. The porn identity, which is what you called it. Yeah. It's called the porn identity. Yeah. That was the name of the movie. Yeah. So good. The... <laughs> The, this at this moment I notice how big the box it's in, and I'm like, "What is that? Is that is that a two box set?" The, it has two episodes. <laughs> well, it's you know, is it like Titanic where it's just too long for one? Titanic is three hours long. Maybe it's three hours of porn. Yes, and it's on two. He's got a very intricate story. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's just in a real big box. Either that or it's like Betamax or something. I feel like VHS was in the eighties. Well, nobody... Also, if it's on Betamax, he definitely cannot put that on the internet. Yeah, no, I'm. I don't know what it was made in. Anyway, uh, Sandy says like you should go. As Sandy does what Sandy does, which is you should go to the cops. And Julia's like, I can't. My children. <laughs> and Caleb's is... slit or she's, Caleb. She's doing something very similar to what um uh what do you call it uh caleb did where it's where it's like i can't tell anyone i'll just have to keep this a secret forever and sandy's like i've already done this once this season this this is like the like almost the exact same thing that caleb was going through (laughs) and sandy's just like uh sigh now i'm gonna play hardball you'll see all right guess i'll do this stupid porn work so we have a short scene where summer's like seth no more meddling and for some reason, I love this dynamic. It's like they're the two fans of the show, with <laughs> yes. some of them being like, "Yeah, Ryan and Marissa, their life," um, and the other ones just being like, "No, move on." They were so bad; no one was happy. It was such a terrible relationship. And then Seth's like, "I won't." Yeah, Seth completely wink, wink. like he is such a jerk to everybody in this episode. He's a real and Seth one, Cohen, and once again, he. Almost learns a lesson and then doesn't. Because things work out the way they do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so at the school, Marissa receives a phone call. Yes. It's from Alex because Alex feels isolated and also jealous of Ryan. (laughs) Yes. Which, I mean. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. You guys have not had any conversations about your relationship at all, ever. So. Yeah, Marissa just suddenly moved into your house. And that's not a thing you should do a week in when you're 17. Yeah, you've been dating for, like, a couple weeks now. Also, you're 17. Also, you're both 17. Bad choices. And Marissa is just... Got real bad at everything in this scene. Oh, she's just like, oh no, everything's fine. I'm doing a school project. I'm on the social committee, Marissa. And then she sees Ryan and completely forgets she's on the phone. Which is great. That's exactly all Alex wants is to like hang out after school. Yeah, Alex just wants some time with her girlfriend. Which when you live together, you maybe shouldn't have to schedule in. Yeah, but apparently with Marissa, you... Do? do? I mean, Marissa tried to hang out with her last time, and then they couldn't do that, so they so Marissa just ditched her. And has just continued to ditch her for the week since then. Though, once again, Alex had legit, Alex, Alex was legitimately working, which is like, hey, after I finish work, we can hang out. And then Marissa just went to the mall. 
And I mean, to be fair, Alex rarely works. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Her work is weird. Her work is based on the sto- on the plot, but... <laughs> it's true. Anyway, yeah, Marissa's bad at everything. Also being bad at everything is Carter, <laughs> yeah, who Kirsten- lives on the beach. Kirsten goes to Carter's uh, apartment, where he is, <laughs> with, where with the door... Or the patio door wide open. All the doors are open. <laughs> yeah, he he opened every single door, every single window of this house and or apartment, and just is playing loud music, sitting in a chair with a drink, <laughs> staring at the st- at the stereo. And when you see that, you are you feel sad for that human being. And Kristen's like, "This seems bad." <laughs> Hold on a second. What is? What is this? What He's is going like, on here? It's my wedding anniversary. <laughs> So he's checked out again. He was apparently into the magazine for these last few weeks. Off stage. He's checked out again. He is completely just like, he wants to get fired. He actually yeah. tells her to fire him. He's like, I'm very bad at my job. You should fire me. And the Christian's like, no, we're subversive. We changed the world. We, you said we were going to take this magazine to be subversive and irreverent. So once again, I do love the idea that Julie, I mean, Julie's not going to notice. No. She's going to be like I'm on the I'm on the main page. That's all that matters. But the inside is just going to be like propaganda. Yeah, just like manifestos to change the world. Which for some reason I adore. I adore the fact that Kirsten and Carter are just going to just be like, "All right, Julie has the money. We're just going to utilize this." But Carter's like, "No. You can't change the world because alcohol i see you found your wedding ring yeah yeah and kristen's like uh that was weeks ago <laughs> it's so weird they keep on doing this weird thing where they're like all where they're like trying to tease the fact that's like oh but maybe there's going to be this weird thing between them but i don't think there but it is but, but there's no actual setup like they have one off lines where he's like you found your ring so you're married again and she's like yeah okay and then they're talking about something else kristen is never into him but he's always kind of like maybe <laughs> And but she's like, no. But then there's other parts where, where he does not seem into her at all either. Like, yeah, like, there, I don't know. Like there are there are not even scenes. There are lines of dialogue where it's supposed to be like, oh man, he's into her. Then later on, he's just like, nothing. Oh yeah, no, whatever. And as people, yeah, children whose parents are very much together and like very much a team and very much in love, yeah, who have not worn their wedding rings, yeah, this is like. It doesn't land for yeah. us. Yeah. We're like, meh, sometimes you don't wear a sometimes, ring. Sometimes you don't wear it. It's whatever. Sometimes things are going on. So people, sometimes people just don't get married. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you have so many kids and you love each other so much. And you just don't get married. No wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, meanwhile... Seth is hanging out with Captain Oates, reminiscing about the, about the olden days back when men were men and... Horses were horses. And Ryan's like, this is dumb. Also, give me your horse. Yeah. Yeah. We sort of get the, the, the burn that I guess this bonfire is some form of burning man. And Ryan thinks he's very bad at architecture because he has not had an idea prior to this. Um, I'm like, this is not really architecture. You're being asked to design something. Which but- for on, I don't know what grounds. Do you just want to burn something? But I guess they have to burn, like, an effigy. I don't know. I don't uh, know. We, we do get a little bit where uh, uh, Sandy comes in. And so Seth notices the tension between his parents. 
now. Episodes I like of, later. I feel like most of the tension is gone. But he was like, hey, things were weird recently. <laughs> and I just wanted, most of us tend to be like, are you kidding me? Hey, Dumbo. Are you kidding? That yeah. was weeks ago. You're just noticing now? You we're, selfish little. We're over it, Seth. We're over it. Also, I also think Ryan Mercer is good. Uh, which is. And Ryan's like. No, I mean, to, to be fair, no. that's, that's because that's because he's just being a dad, and he's like, yeah, he he has no idea the situation I at know, all. He's just like, hey, Ryan's kind of lonely. A good girlfriend could be Marissa. I don't know. <laughs> it he is very little. He's not invested in that at all. He's just like, yeah, you know, yeah, Marissa, whatever. I gotta, I gotta apparently do porn stuff. So, and then Ryan's like, yeah, I'm also a dad. Give me that horse. Goodbye. <laughs> so uh, we have a very short scene where Julie Cooper Nichols. Visits Marissa. Yep, goes to Alex's house to see Marissa. And everyone's just sniping. Marissa's like, ah, I haven't been vaccinated. Don't come into the house. What do you want? And then and then Julie's like, I could make you come home. And Marissa's like, what are you going to call the cops? And then I'll tell them. And I'm like, tell them what, Marissa? Yeah, what has Julie Cooper Nichols like, done to like, you? Like, don't get me wrong. Julie Cooper Nichols has done a lot wrong but like nothing punishable by law like her i mean her relationship with luke yes but i don't think she can pull that out right now and there's no proof for that yeah luke is gone yeah luke luke is long gone and is that really what you're going to do marissa you're going to be like hey you let me do what i want or else i'm telling people about luke yeah like I don't. I don't know that. I don't know how, what what she could tell the police. My mom's mean to me, though. My mom punished me this one time. She took away my BlackBerry. <laughs> I don't want the police to be like, okay. I didn't go to school, and then she took my things away. It's blackmail. And then I ran away to live with my girlfriend. I have okay. not filed any paperwork to be an emancipated minor. Okay. Go home. You go home. <laughs> Also, Julie is like, you're throwing your future away. And I'm like, well, the show hasn't actually shown us that, I don't think. Yeah, Julie has very weird, weird, she. Because the thing is, as far as we know, Marissa still goes to school and is still the head of the social committee. Yeah, because that's what we've seen. We saw her actually try to skip school and. uh, Caleb was like, go to school. Well, no, I mean, even when she was living with Alex, Alex was like, oh, you're. You should go to school. Yeah. Yeah. So it's we are not seeing the ramifications that this show is trying to make us believe we should be seeing. Which if, you know, Marissa was skipping school, getting a part-time job, her grades were going down, then yeah, Julie Cooper Nickel, you have a leg to stand well, on. Also, then r- really the story about this pep rally should be that she, like... Is supposed to run it. And she hasn't. And then Ryan is stuck running it by himself. Yeah, but that's not the storyline we're getting. The storyline we're getting is that she's done a really good job running this pep rally, but she doesn't know what to do for the bonfire. She doesn't know an architect. Yeah, which is not... She has not planned for it. It seems like she has been planning this pep rally. There's so many people there helping it once we get to the pep rally. Yeah. The show is not... It's telling us things and not showing us things, <laughs> which I love the OC, but the, this is one of its flaws. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been weeks. It's been weeks. But, so I guess. But you but you can't skim over stuff when it's like important character things. It would, it would be like if you came back from a hiatus and you're like, oh, by the way, I lost an arm. 
Oh, you didn't. And I'm dealing with that now. You didn't know they're a drug addict. Now they're in rehab. Like, You've what? never seen them do drugs, but now rehab. He's like, what? What? You can't, you can't just be like, oh, by the way. During the off season. So, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Well, Kevin, as you know, we're doing a series. The series is entitled, Aaron Bought a Variety Pack of Beer. And you hate it so much. No. This week, I love it. Good, because the last few weeks have been bad. Well, I forgot it one week. Yep, the other week, week, we were full of meat. That's what I mean. But this week, I had a normal dinner. I drove home from BC. And now I am drinking a delicious beer called the Rhinestone Cowboy. Ooh. It is a lagered ale. It's light. It's delicious. It says rhinestones. It's everything I want. This beer is very light in color. It's like two-thirds of the way in malt. It has a very light IBU. It's basically a Kolsch. This is a beer style born from the banks of the Rhine in Germany. Yes. A special Kolsch ale yeast is cooled to lager temperatures and left for months to mature. Light in body and appearance, aroma of clean malt, fruit, and a touch of noble hops. That's not a sentence. The joy and challenge of bringing this beer is in the subtlety. It's so straight up and delicious. When you get it right, there's nothing more refresh- refreshing. Well, that sounds exciting. Sounds like a cowboy. Yeah, there is a cowboy standing by, I guess, an oil distillery. Yep, sure. I don't know. It's very far away from me. Well, I'll take a picture for our guests. And <laughs> yes. we'll see it in a week. Sure. When we're done all of these episodes. This cowboy appears to have no rhinestones on him. Well, he's very, also, you're very far away from the cowboy. He could be covered in them. That's true. Yeah. He's just sparkling into the sunset as he looks at the oil refinery. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of layers in that. It's really speaking Cause to Because our... they mentioned the Rhine and not necessarily rhinestones. It's true. But the Rhine. So it's speaking to the German nature of our cowboys, but also to, like, the true American... Nope. Albertan experience. Yep, cause that is, that is, that's an Albertan company. Albertan beer. Yep. Not an American beer. Yeah. We don't care about the American experience. No. <gasps> no, we don't. No, we don't. Kevin, do you want to truly experience the rice, rhinestone cowboy? I mean, I didn't tell you this earlier, but I am so sick. I am so, so sick right now. You don't even seem sick. I am. You've... I mean, I've just been, because I've been turning away and coughing into my coat. We have to go to Edmonton so soon. Yeah, well, I am so sick. So. Get healthy, Kevin. Yeah, I'm going to drink healthy. so much oranges. I know the, the whole, like, oranges of vitamin C, like, make, like, make you feel better is not actually a thing. But you know what? Placebos still count. Yeah, and for some reason, even me being aware of it, I'm still like, no, nah, man, I'm going to drink so much orange juice. It's like when I have trash chicken noodle soup, which you might like. It's just Lipton chicken noodle soup with extra noodles, like cut yeah. macaroni. Yeah. And green giant mixed vegetables. I'll think about it. So good. I don't like soup. It's barely soup. It's mostly just noodles. <laughs> just wet noodles. So while Julie was uh, 
going to Alex's place to talk to Marissa. Alex has, let's be clear about this, broken into Seth's home. Oh, very much so. Because there's no one else there. Because Seth is alone in his bedroom. And Alex appears. (laughs) He is trying on shirts from last year. He loves it. Yeah. And Alex is like, hello. All your doors were unlocked. Now I'm here. I wanted a moment before this where Seth is like, I'm having so much fun trying on my on my shirts, do, being reactionary, doing all these things. And I love the past. And in the background, you just hear a <laughs> glass shattering, and he does not notice. Then Alex comes dancing. in and her hands wrapped up in a bandage. Hello, Seth. <laughs> so anyway. Alex would like to know what's the deal with Marissa and Ryan. It's and very sad. It's very, it's very sad. She very, very much has fallen for Marissa because that's, that's what Marissa does: is that she makes people love her, and then is then, but does not love them back. I mean, she's like, "Oh no, I did not want this." Which, like, the what bugs me is that I, that's the same thing with Ryan. The only reason that Ryan that like it's different from everyone else is because everyone else could leave. Mm-hmm. Ryan can't leave. Ryan can't leave, but Ryan was also like, "Meh," <laughs> and Marissa's like, "Meh." You didn't just move out of town? You're still what here. Is meh? Clearly this is meant to be. Which stupid Julie also thinks it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. So Seth is like, well, I mean, Marissa and Ryan are fine. Sometimes they're friends. Sometimes they share a tent in a mall. But, like, who cares? And then we learn that, Ale- that well, Marissa did tell Alex about the mall excursion, which was good. Mm-hmm. She did not tell her about... Which makes sense on Marissa's side. To be fair, they did not actually sleep in that tent. No, no. They just spent... Yeah, this is... I'm putting this really squarely on Seth. Because he is blowing it out because they they did... They were in there for like seven minutes and and then the cops came. Seven minutes in heaven. Uh, And we know the amount of sexual tension there was. But it's the sort of thing where it's like... In, in some Seth w- does make it seem like, oh, they spent a night together, but it didn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah. S- God, Seth. Seth. Anyway, um, Alex freaks out because, yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah, because yeah, you would. So she runs into the night, and by into the night, we she mean- jumps out the window, <laughs> and then she goes to work. Because Ryan shows up at Marissa and Alex's house. Actually, I wasn't very clear. I know. I guess she must. She might have went from that straight to work, I or thought, she may have just gone into her car and drank beer for four hours. Well, I figured that Marissa just didn't know where Alex was. There's so many times in this episode where I just assume Marissa is just doing something else. So is Alex just sitting inside of the house drinking beers and being like, Ryan, Ryan, I see you, Ryan. Maybe, maybe, or maybe she went to work. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, Ryan shows up. Marissa's like, oh, my God, we can't clean. We're between maids. And I'm like, you guys could definitely pick up your beer bottles. Between Marissa, who only goes to school, and Alex, who never works. Between the two of you, you can keep But apparently Mar- Marissa never goes to school, and Alex never works. So they can't possibly keep the house clean. I, I, I like how when he's coming up, Marissa just put does put some clothes on top of a, a pillow <laughs> underneath the pillow. And is like, good. Perfect. And then then they have to plan out what this thing is, and apparently Ryan's idea... Is to build a Trojan horse. Well, it's to build a horse. Marissa's like, a Trojan horse! And it's like, yeah, you must have read that last week, I guess. Do you think maybe the team they're 
fighting against is the horses. No, no, Aaron. I think this makes no sense because it's water polo. There's the, the this sport specifically has no horses. If there's one thing water polo is known for, it's not having horses. Why is there a fire bonfire pep rally for horses? I, Aaron, I don't know because the school is also called Harbor School. There's no horse thing related to this school. So their team name is not the Harbor Horses. Aaron, wait, it's the Harbor Stallions. Well, what, what, I don't, I, I don't think so. And if it is, they have not made it clear enough because <laughs> all I can imagine is that you were burning a horse for a sport that is literally most known for not having horses in it compared to the other form of polo which does have horses in it it'll be like do is it be like burning an effigy for a football team and you have a soccer ball up there <laughs> because you're like yeah we clearly know that the, of the, all the things that american football has it's not a soccer ball guys Nothing makes any sense. <laughs> this this is my moment. This is my moment where I'm like, what the hell? Why is it a horse? So it's like when the kids were playing football on the field. Yes. This yes. is my one of those moments. <laughs> this is your football on the field. You pick the one thing that that sport is clearly not. Now, don't get me wrong. It's hard to think of something to burn for water polo. But I'm sure you have a map. You could make an anchor or you could just make a fire. Or you could make the thing that is the idol of the other team. Because if there's one thing I know about high schools, is that every sports team has the same mascot. <laughs> just burn that goat. Yeah, but I th- I don't think Harbor necessarily has like an up- outright one rival. I think it's supposed to be just a general like, hey, spring pep rally. Pep rallies make no sense to me, guys. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so San- uh, Sandy. Sansy. Goes to see Lance. Goes to see Lancey. Goes to see Lancey. And Lancey has a hooker. And it's listening very loudly to just classic rock and hanging out with a prostitute or if he films it, a porn star. And she's like, "Ah, if there's two of you, it costs more. And Sandy's like, I'm a lawyer. What? 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 (laughs) Also, as soon as he arrives there, what first thing Lance says to him is, you got a warrant? (laughs) And Sandy's like, Good, good. Like, you sound, you sound legal. You vaguely know what law is. <laughs> I am not a police officer. I am a lawyer, and I understand you could stream this to the internet anytime. I mean, but how, Aaron? This is two thousand and four. So he can put it on like his own personal website where people can download an MP4 file. Oh, MP4 Ugh. of this porn. Aaron, YouTube was founded in two thousand and like. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, it's definitely his personal website where people can be like, mm. Yeah, I don't know how he expects to, to spread this. But he's convinced he can. And also, how do you get... Because, I mean, that's got to be Betamax. How mm. is he going to... How does he... How does Lance... Look at... We, you see Lance standing there with his jeans and his and his uh, tank top tucked into his belt buckle. It's true. With just standing there motionless with his arms out, just like... Hey, you got my money? Does that guy know how to upload Betamax to an to the internet? Perhaps the prostitute is not a prostitute. <laughs> nah, she's, his, she's his tech girl. Yeah. She's his felicity. Because right. I've been watching The Arrow. Okay, cool. Cool. Anyway, Sandy's like, ugh, sigh, damn it. Like, oh, d- d- I hate you. <laughs> That's the scene. 
Uh, so then we have a scene where Ryan immediately figure out, figures out that Seth has been meddling. Well, that's because Marissa tells him. Because Marissa does not know Seth is meddling. Well, no, she does. Marissa, Seth but she sa- thinks it's normal. Well, Seth says don't... Seth said, don't tell Summer. Mm. And Marissa was like, oh, he didn't tell me not to tell Ryan. So she's aware that Summer should not know about this. And she acquiesces to that request. And she doesn't know why, but she can but certainly like, tell Ryan. Right, fine, I, fine, I won't tell Summer, but I'll definitely tell Ryan. But more importantly, Ryan's like, ugh, Seth. And he goes to leave. And Alex is in her car. Angrily drinking some beer. And she gets out of her car and throws those beer cans at Ryan. And it's almost this sad moment where Ryan's like, oh, come on, Alex. What are you doing? Because he's like, hey, we're friends, Alex. It's like, hey, I don't like Marissa anymore. I know you like her, but she's a hot mess. And then Alex lukes all over him. And she's like, stay away from her. Stay away. Yeah, he, she just lets out a big, loud luke. And it's like, and but we go to the same high school. No, something happens here, Aaron. Something, something breaks in Ryan. But then he, he tells her to go away before he can do anything. Well, no, but... No, here's the problem I have about this. Because what this does is that at this moment, Ryan has all of a sudden decided, like, yes, Marissa is mine. That's what I got from this moment. I didn't. I think he just didn't want th- people to throw beer cans at him. Because from this point forward, that's what he's acting on, though. I mean, he tries to, like, pull away at certain moments. But, like, that just seems to be what he's going on from this moment forward. And it's such a weird thing. Because you think at this moment, this would be the moment where... Because she literally is doing the exact Luke thing. And there's this whole theme throughout this episode of, like, is it good to return to last year? Mm-hmm. Or should you move forward? And I thought the nice thing is that this would be a nice, clear moment for Ryan to be like, I see what's going on here. I can't do this again. Because remember how we became friends with Luke? Mm-hmm. I guess the problem is, the problem is, I don't feel like at any point in this episode, he is into Marissa. You don't think so near the end? No, I think he's like, hmm, we can make this okay. Unfortunately, I think the TV show is into him and Marissa. And I think, the thing is, Ryan's motivations are just like, hey, don't be a garbage person. I don't know, but the problem is, like, a lot of the things that he, I mean, we'll, we'll get just, like, some of the things that happens, but, like, from this, this is, from in my opinion, this is the point where all of a sudden, like, his character just changes. It's bizarre. I agree with you. He is yeah. going to be into Marissa. They are going to be a couple, but I didn't think Ryan wanted that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll touch I it. I when... thought the universe wanted Oh, no, wanted we'll, we'll definitely touch it when the moments come up. Uh, so, well, we, we... Go back in with Kirsten and Sandy, who just essentially talk about their storylines for a little bit. And then Kirsten's like, do you have any of the magazines you liked? Yeah, the mag- the Revolution magazine. And Sandy's like, oh, yeah, I got lots of them. Go find them. Yeah. And so she she's going to so go. So she and, does. Yeah, and she drops it off at, uh, at Cooper's at house. Cooper's, at Cooper just puts it in nope. his mailbox. Carter's house. Carter's house. And he is still just loudly listening to music, I assume, with a drink in his hand, staring at his. It's been 48 hours, but that's what he does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Seth is cutting a bagel by hand, uh, despite the fact that the bagel cutter's five feet, like, no, sorry, not even five feet, is like two inches away from him. They fully have a guillotine, but Seth is just, like, feeling things, I guess, for no reason. Well, no, he feels things because he, because remember how, uh, uh, Alex came in and essentially, like, 
confronted him with the ramifications of his actions. And he's like, ugh, bagels. And he's like, oh, no, oh, no. And then Ryan comes in and once again confronts him with the ramifications of his actions. It's like, hey, stop interfering. Alex threw beer cans at me. Seth, no. And I'm like, I'm just like, oh, man, Seth, you're just... You're the worst. You're gonna be grow. You're gonna grow up to be so reactionary. But Seth just wants Ryan to be happy. And no, he- no. Seth wants himself to be happy. Seth thinks the only way that Ryan can be happy is if he's with Marissa. No, no, no. Seth- Ryan was vaguely happy for a short period no, no, of time no, no, last no. year. Seth does not care about Ryan at all. What Seth says in this scene exactly is, "I was so happy last year." He does not care what makes Ryan happy at this he moment. also says that Ryan was briefly happy with Marissa. No, but he's only saying that because he wants them to get back together, which makes him happy. He wants everything to stay exactly the same. Before he went to Portland. Yeah, which, yeah. So anyway, Ryan cancels on the bonfire. Yeah, and then we learn that apparently Marissa was asleep when Alex got in, which means... She I'm going was to, not asleep. I'm going to extrapolate and say she was pretending to be asleep. Although there is no reason why she would have done that. But we know how long it took Alex to get inside. Long enough to throw a beer can at Ryan and push him and then go inside. But they're like, the show has given us no reason that Marissa was like, oh no, I can't see Alex. Okay then. So the other option is that Marissa was like, Marissa hugged Ryan outside, walked inside like, ah, and then just like went unconscious. Or maybe Alex just like rage wandered the streets with her beers for a while. No, we saw Alex go to her door and inside. Oh no, I agree. I agree. It makes no sense. Like, storyline-wise, there is no reason for Marissa to pretend to be asleep. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. It's just funny to imagine that she just passed out immediately. The show's doing things, and it's not doing great things, so anyway, it's um, doing things. The point is that Alex comes out with her problem immediately. She's like, or you could sleep in a tent. Yeah, I know the truth. Marissa's like, no one slept in the tent. Um, F you, Cohen. Yeah. 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 Except yeah. for, that's not really what she does. Which she should have, though. Nope. No, she she's just like, what? No, that's not what happened. <sighs> it was that Marissa's so not into Alex right now. Which she hasn't been since she realized, oh, relationships oh, are work. And also, she's poor now. Yeah. But also, she didn't sleep in a tent with Ryan. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, so meanwhile, Lance refuses to cave. And Sandy can, like, almost fix it. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. He decides to buy the right. Oh, no. This is the scene where he's like, ah. Oh, he, 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 he has a plan. He's like, Julia, I'm going to do a thing. I know you want your daughter to move home, but maybe you shouldn't ask her. Yeah. He, he essentially, he gives, the, he gives what he learned in the first episode of this season, which is sometimes it's not the message. It's the messenger, which Julie takes to mean... Ah, I need Ryan to ask her. So, short scene, Marissa and Summer are well, having... Sorry, just very, very quickly. This, this is also where we start getting into the mind of Julie's weird motives, where she's like, ah, she doesn't listen to what's best for her. I'm like, Julie, do you really know in general what's best for Marissa? I mean, you, you yes, Marissa <laughs> should move home. But, but here's the thing. She has stumbled into being correct on that. I actually think Julie Cooper always has Marissa's best, like, Uh, okay, Marissa should have gone to therapy. Well, no, yeah, absolutely. Marissa should not have hung out with Bolivar. 
I, I think what we can assume is that Julie knows is always right. She she knows what's she knows what's best for Marissa, but she does not know how to go about it. She's always right. She just doesn't know why she's right. It, it, it would be like, man, Marissa's drinking too much. I better lock her to a pipe in the basement until she stops drinking. Exactly. That's exactly what Julie Cooper would do. Like, Marissa absolutely should move home. So short scene, Marissa is talking to Summer. She can't move home because it will make her unhappy, even though she super wants to. And then Marissa Literally drops- the only reason. Nothing to do with, and nothing to do with Alex at all. No. Well, because they made a bad choice. Don't move in together when you've been dating for a week. Yeah. And then Marissa drops the news that Seth has caused all the things. And, and Summer storms off. Well, no, she – actually, Marissa does not figure it out. All Marissa says is like, like, oh, I didn't tell her about the tent. Well, I wonder who did. And Summer's like, well, I mean, the only three – only four people know about it. One's me. One's you. One's Ryan. And the other one is dead. So – in a shocking turn of events, Julie Cooper goes to Ryan to get him to bring Marissa home. Because that is exactly the advice Sandy gave her. <laughs> I mean, Sandy probably wasn't not thinking Ryan, but Julie was. Julie may have been like, oh, so who told Seth to come home? And Sandy was like, oh, Ryan. No, I, I like the thing that he was just like, I guess someone else to tell her. And she's like, well, oh, you mean Ryan, the other dad. The other dad. Ah, she's, he's so good at being a dad. This is where we learn, I guess, facts. Apparently, Marissa's been skipping school and staying out at all not at all hours. And which, Ryan's like, "Uh, I guess I gotta be a dad." Ryan's like, "Hang on, that wasn't done on screen. In I fact, haven't seen any of this, fact, but she, I'm going." As far as I know, it seems like she's actually doing fine. But Ryan can't not dad, so he goes to Marissa's house. Unfortunately, it's also Alex's house, and Alex is the only one there, and Alex loses her GD yeah. mind. I don't I don't like that all of a sudden in this scene, Alex is suddenly the villain. She's like, no, I told you to stay away from her. I told you. And this is what I mean by the fact that I think at this point, Ryan is back into being into Marissa. Or at least he's in to, like, he's being contrary to Alex. Because he does not do this in any way that is remotely respectful at all. Because Alex is like, well, what are you doing here? And he just brushes right past her like she doesn't exist. And he's like, where's Marissa? So I feel that, yes, the show wants Ryan Marissa, Ryan Marissa to be together. But this is like when I hated Sandy well, and you were like, no, he's in character. Ryan, of course, is like, oh, shit, abusive girlfriend. I'm in. But he knows Alex and he knows exactly what's going on. But He's Ke seen it with Luke. But Kevin... He knew Eric Balfour, and yet Teresa had all those bruises. Yeah, but Marissa doesn't have bruises. He doesn't know that. He's not waiting to see them. I don't think that's the I mindset he's getting. I don't Ryan. think the mindset he is getting is that uh, Alex is clearly abusive. No, but I think he's like, we're not getting there. I'm going to take care of Marissa. I'm going to stop her from me. I the the re the reason why I because like, he remember he leaves this scene with such a parting jab yeah that seems so much like him being like oh she's better off with me because he because he says to her um uh what is it he says to her I actually wrote it down if you're working this hard it isn't working 
Yeah, accurate. No, no, that is accurate. But that is a line you say when you're trying to steal someone from someone. I didn't get that I got at that. all. I it just that's just really what it feels like. It like this show has done is is given has made Ryan now. I still even at the end of this episode, I know the show wants Ryan and Marissa together. I don't think Ryan wants that yet. But Ryan's part of the show. I know. I'm just saying the storyline is going there, but Ryan's just like, hey. I'm protecting my friend. Great work, Ryan. I'm going to be an architect. I I don't think Ryan wants to date Marissa. I 100% think he does at this point. But the problem essentially that I'm seeing with this episode is that the, o- that the OC wants to go from A to Z but does not know the rest of the alphabet. I think this is part of the alphabet. I think this is the transition. No, there, there is so much in this episode that just makes no sense at all. Okay, so meanwhile, um, we're at the bonfire and it turns out that they're trying to do a thing where they're like, oh, Marissa can't do it without Ryan. But the way it's really scripted is that Ryan did a terrible job of planning the um well, it's, it's, the Trojan horse. Well, I mean, it's because hard to no give one, a- no <laughs> one knows how to set anything up. No one knows how to read his blueprints. Like, it's supposed to be like, oh, no, we just need Ryan. But really, it's like, oh, no, Ryan did a terrible job. Well, I mean, he was planning on setting it up himself. And I don't know how quickly he ordered all that wood. But apparently, they're all labeled. And yeah, stuff, so he labeled no it. Well, did he label them? Yeah. He labeled it, but not well. It, it, it's so confusing. This entire bonfire thing makes no sense at all. Anyway, Ryan does arrive, and then he's now in charge, and he tells people things. And Yeah, because he understands what's in his head, and no one else and, does. And then Marissa's like, man, that guy really knows how to do my job for me. Also showing up is Carter, yeah. who shows up to see Kirsten, being like, hey, you gave me this magazine. And I don't want to sleep with you, but yeah, we should also make a good magazine. This is what I mean by in this scene, all of a sudden, like, Carter is like, yeah, man, platonically, I'm into this. I would also like to meet your husband. Platonically. Let's make a good magazine. Platonically. So then there's a very short scene where Summer storms into Seth's house and she's like, Seth, no. Yeah, she arrives to destroy Seth and says, you need to start apologizing to everybody. Let's start with Ryan. Yeah. And they go to Ryan's house. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and he's not there no so they go into the bonfire yeah. uh we can wrap up some things here so sandy arrives for lance uh and he his plan because what julie was worried about is that even if she pays him off was the, what how did you know he's not just gonna release it anyways sandy starts a film company and buys the film from him all the rights to it and this is vaguely unfortunate because julie still has to pay lance well this is the perfect sandy move ever because he's like I am going to deal with your problem, but to deal with the problem, you have to be a better person. Because he does tell her at the end of this episode, the only way, like, hey, he's not going to release that tape. You're, he's not going to hang it over your head for the rest of your life. But you are going to have to ask Caleb for some money. And everyone's like, and everyone, I mean, Julie is like, <sighs> so back of the bonfire. Alex shows up with a bunch of degenerates from upstate. Yeah, she comes up with a bunch of dudes to, fr- to fight Ryan. And Ryan's just like, ugh, uh. no. <laughs> and then Marissa's like, ugh, no. And then they finally communicate for the first time in, like, five episodes. And it it does some, gives some weird motivations. Like, Alex says that she, that, that Alex doesn't feel like she belongs in uh, Marissa's life because of all that stuff, like the bonfire and that stuff, which makes sense. Which, it's, it's, and it's also fair because Marissa has been pretending yeah. that she's not who she is. Yes. 
like she's like, oh, no, I'm not a Harper girl. I'm a cool girl. Yeah. And so ultimately, ultimately, they realize we are not in the same place at the same time. Yeah. So it's this weird. So it's just comparing Alex and Julie is kind of weird because Julie's like, uh, uh, Marissa's throwing her life away. But when Alex talks, it sounds like Marissa's never around and she's always at school. Doesn't it? Does except that the way that Alex talks about it is like it came up suddenly, like they were so close and they were having so much fun, and then suddenly Marissa withdrew and went away, and now Alex wants is to be in her life. Like as soon as Marissa moved into her house, yeah, then suddenly Marissa was like super into Harbor and super into that life, and that's not who Alex is. Yeah, no, and and I understand that. The, essentially, the problem I'm getting is that there's you have two characters. Who have opposing motivations with the facts of reality. Do you actually think any of Julie's motivations are accurate or well, is she no. just upset because her daughter's well, gone? Well, no, absolutely. I, I, I am much more willing to believe that Marissa was actually doing – like, she was skipping the occasional school day, but she was doing that even before she was dating well, Alex. So I genuinely think before Marissa moved out, yeah. she was skipping school literally all the time. Yeah. She was being drunk at school. She was doing all the bad things that Julie yeah, cites. Absolutely. Then she moved out. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, no, this is not the life I want. And then she immersed herself in her school yeah. stuff. So I actually think both characters are correct. And I yeah. think the main problem here is Marissa. Yeah. Because Marissa was so caught up in, like, displaying one version of herself. The and main... then she moved in and didn't like it. So she immersed herself in another version of herself. The main problem I have with this is that all the stuff you're saying is absolutely correct. Um, but the show up until this point has not done a great job of showing a lot of that and allowing it to breathe. That's like it's not ta- inaccurate. I believe both sides very much, but I yeah. have been a teenage girl in 2003, yeah. 2004, and you have not. Well, so I could very well be filling in a lot of blanks based on my personal experience. Yeah. That you don't have the space to fill in. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, what is more shocking yeah. is because of this experience, Alex has been like, oh, yes, I'm going to move home and go to school. Oh, yeah. The, well, that's the way that the show deals with characters' storylines being finished. They're like, all right, hey, Jimmy's done. He's out of the city. Hey, um. Uh, what okay, ha- but like the place <laughs> where she goes makes no sense. No, it makes no sense, Aaron. She's going home, which I guess is. Which she hates. So she hates home. Yeah. She's an emancipated minor. She yeah. is very happy in her life, but because Marissa, <laughs> she is going home and going back to school. Yeah. <laughs> Man, everyone is so much better once Marissa breaks up with them. Luke's up in Portland having fun. I assume Bolivar's in prison. So anyway, then she has a short scene where she apologizes to Ryan, being like, hey, I'm sorry I invited the DJs from up province. Yeah. And Ryan's like, meh, sometimes you make bad choices. Yeah. And she, she's like, like, it wasn't about you, which is true. It wasn't about Ryan. And Ryan's like, yeah, I know. It's clearly about Marissa. And then a pirate gives Marissa a bonfire stick and they light the bonfire. Yeah. And then Seth arrives and learns nothing. He's like, oh, turns out I was right all along. I'm like... No, that's part of what bugs me about the ending of this is that a real really feel like this could have gone really good of where the lesson being like, Seth, sometimes you have to move forward. Sometimes you have to like uh, 
progress and move on and become something new. But it seems like the moral of this is, hey, there's nothing wrong with meddling in other people's lives. No, I think they thought the message was you have to move on. It was repeated a lot, very openly. But the problem is, is that Seth, the one who we're seeing it through, doesn't learn that lesson. And it's weird to have Seth, who is kind of the lens of that lesson... Because remember when Al- when Alex comes in and gives him the talk, you see him like almost shattering there at moments when he's realizing like, oh, by me trying to do this, I'm affecting other people's lives. But then at the end, he's just sort of like, hey, turns out everything was right. And Summer's like, oh, well, maybe you are. Maybe you are right. Maybe uh, Ryan and Marissa are meant to be or whatever, which is not something I enjoy. I guess. I Again. It's... If- Feels like Seth, We're allowed to have different feelings about It feels this. like Seth blew up a building and found a flower underneath and was like, hey, everything's okay. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find some CW moments? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic drifted off into the alcohol glass the rocks glass of carter's alcohol only to be spilled by him and replaced by the pounding music of the drama of his hangover because everyone likes to listen to really loud rock music when they're hungover absolutely so you you don't plan those out before you do them huh never okay um yes i did and my cw moment was the moment where literally no one could read any of Ryan's architecture plans to build that horse until he showed up. And then he showed up and he told everyone how to build that horse and the music swelled. And even the Dumbo who thought he should put the gasoline right next to the horse realized, no, I should not put the gasoline next to the horse. I should move it slightly to the left where it's not directly next to the fire. No, you know what? Because Marissa had to realize that Ryan was so much stronger and so much smarter than anyone else. Can't you say one thing about that? No, that horse wasn't on fire yet. And you do have to douse the horse with, like... Ryan specifically told him not to put the gasoline tanks next to the horse. Well, no, well, yes. But, I mean, I just see no reason. Because they were going to use the gasoline tanks on the horse. Yeah, you probably still shouldn't store them next to the horse. Also, if you build your bonfire right, do you really need a gasoline, like a jerry can, to make your bonfire set fire? I mean, they really want that thing to go up, so yes. You probably don't. (laughs) Kevin, did you find a CW moment? I did. And mine's very interesting because it's a CW moment, but it's actually a very big plot point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I still think it makes no sense logically, Mm. which is the fact that um, Alex went to Seth. For advice about Marissa, even though she knows that Summer exists. But does she know Summer? She does. She constantly refers to Summer. Does she know Summer? I don't know. It just Or se- does she think Summer will stab her it with makes, her rage blackout? It, just, it feels to me like it makes no sense for her to be like, you know, you know who might have good girl like Mar- Marissa knowledge? Seth. Like, 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 clearly she went to him because he was the only choice. But I feel like she she does know Summer. She's hung out with all of them. Why didn't she call up Zach? I mean, she should call Zach. <laughs> she should have but, called up. Fortunately, Zach's not in the main credits. But I would be very, 
very afraid that if I were to call Summer, Summer would douse me with gasoline and burn me to the ground. No. With the power of her eyes. Not the power of fire, the power of her rage. No, if there's one thing that Summer is actually good at is helping people deal with Marissa. So what's your opinion on this episode? If you would like to... Not you. Yeah. The listeners. Yeah. The listeners... Because we're on different sides. So the listeners should tell us things. They should tweet us at PodcastMOA, PodcastMOA. They could give us an Instagram, give us an image on Instagram that like really solidifies what you think this is about. Okay. Again, podcast MOA, podcast MOA. Or if you want to give us your manifesto, you can do that. We might read it. Again, podcast MOA, podcast MOA at gmail.com. All those things are true. You can also um, give us a rating, review, subscription. Yep. You can do all of that on, I mean, Apple Podcast, I assume, is the best way. Yeah, but you can also do it on whatever your pod one. listener of choice is. Yeah, if, if they have a rating or a subscription, then yeah, you do that. Just do it. It helps people find us. And You're Riverdale aware. is coming back so soon, so we need to know. Yeah, so soon. We need to so know. Soon. So will the main four be fully reunited? What will happen when Julie tells Caleb about her past? When can we see the spinoff with the adventures of Alex, Luke, Jimmy, Haley, Anna, and special guest star Oliver Trask? Answers to all this and more next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast. <laughs>